It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, everybody, it is the final episode of the week and therefore the final episode of the month of October right here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast. I said I was going to take a couple of days off at the back end of this week. Here I am. (laughs) What can I say? Um, Take a couple of days off this weekend, Uh, (laughs) provided that nobody does anything stupid. Or I'm sure there'll be a big trade on Saturday afternoon as I'm trying to relax a little bit uh, with my Diet Pepsi. Because as you know, and as I tell you guys all the time, Diet Pepsi is what you need to get you through game day and what you crave to get you through game day, right? I know I crave Diet Pepsi and Buffalo Wings. That's what I crave. I don't know about you, but I crave that. So when I have my buffalo wings, I want to make sure that I have my Diet Pepsi. And even when I don't have my buffalo wings, I'm going to have my Diet Pepsi. Because as you know, guys, this football season is different. Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power yourself through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching, go to made for football watching. Dot com to check out the latest football watching content from our friends at Pepsi. All right, so there you go. How about that? Um, again, as I've told you a couple of times, I'm very much looking forward to not being in a press box, to not being at a football game, to not having to drive the FedEx field, even though this year has been, you know, a largely enjoyable experience. There's a lot of pressure on game day. It's a lot of, you know, interviews and a lot of radio reports and a lot of writing and a lot of video work. And it's just a lot of work, right? So I'm kind of looking forward to, I mean, this should be an awesome slate of games. Uh, the Sunday night football game notwithstanding. You have Pittsburgh and Baltimore. You have, um, you know, all New England and Buffalo, which should be interesting. Uh, not because it's the same sexy matchup that it, it has been, but because, you know, is really New England this bad? Whew. I mean, we don't know. We don't know. Um, other great games on the docket for this week. Oh, so many. Um, I'm really intrigued by the Titans and the Bengals, even though that sounds crazy, right? Five and one Tennessee versus one five and one Cincinnati. But that game in Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, we all know that Titans coming off of a tough loss. Can they rebound on the road? You know, tough loss against uh, Pittsburgh. Mm, That game's got juice to me. Uh, four and two Colts versus three and three Lions in Detroit. That's interesting. Uh, Vikings Packers usually very good this year. The matchup, you know, the records are not good. If Kirk Cousins uh, and the Vikings can can play well and not turn the ball over, I think that should be a pretty good game. Uh, it'll be interesting to see whether the Chiefs cover the. I think it's twenty one and a half against the zero and seven Jets. How would you like to be the zero and seven Jets at Narrowhead? Yikes. Woof. Rams, Dolphins. 
Tua Tonga Viola's debut. Ooh, even Raiders Browns kind of sexy in Cleveland. No Odell Beckham. 49ers Seahawks. How great is that game? 425 Eastern. Saints Bears, same time, 425 Eastern time. Four and two, five and two Bears. Nobody thinks the Bears are any good, and yet they're five and two. And again, the Sunday night game, Cowboys-Eagles, that's going to be a stinker probably. Uh, But the Eagles are playing a little bit better. And, you know, look, hopefully any chance we all get to see the Cowboys suffer is a good thing, right? I think that's the way I approach it. That's the way you should probably approach it. The Monday night game uh, is the Giants and the Buccaneers, and it appears that all of these games right now, as we record this on Friday afternoon, should be a go despite all the individual little COVID pop-ups. Denver had one on Friday morning. The Giants had one on Thursday morning. Uh, The Chargers had one earlier in the week. So right now, as of now, all of these games uh, should, should go on as scheduled. And, of course, the Thursday night game, Uh, Last night, uh, as we record this again on a Friday afternoon, uh, was a pretty good game. Atlanta going into Charlotte and beating the Panthers 25-17. to I think the Panthers have now lost three in a row or maybe, yeah, I think it's three in a row. It might be four in a row. I have to double-check that. Um, But no Christian McCaffrey. I mean, you know, what did you expect? And I know Atlanta's been terrible, but we all know that they have lots of offensive talent. And we all know that their defense couldn't possibly be as bad as it has been, especially in the fourth quarter. And on Thursday night, they allowed zippy zero points in the fourth quarter, three points in the third quarter. So only three points in the second half on the road in Carolina. That's pretty good. Now it's raining. Bridgewater got banged up. I got it. But still, pretty good. 25-17 to 17 for Raheem Morris. Uh, the former Washington assistant and former Tampa Bay head coach, now the current Atlanta interim head coach. All right, so that's a little spin around the NFL, which I am looking forward to, certainly in week eight of the season, because we don't have to worry about the Washington football team. But this is the Locked on Washington football team podcast, and there's always news surrounding the football team. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to address one part of it right now. The trade deadline comes up early next week. There's been a lot of speculation about Ryan Kerrigan. Ryan Kerrigan should not be dealt by the Washington football team or Ron Rivera. I don't care how few snaps he's playing. I really, really, really don't care. As a matter of fact, he's only played in 23 defensive snaps in the last two weeks. And people are going, well, well, sure, they're trying to kick him out, trying to phase him out. And maybe they are. But I think that would be pretty dumb. A, injuries, you never know. Chase Young's been banged up off and on so far. Uh, Montez Sweat got banged up at the end of last game uh, with a concussion. We don't know if he'll be okay. I think it would be the dumbest thing in the world for Washington to trade Ryan Kerrigan. Number one, he doesn't want to leave. And if you want to trade him, here's what you do. You go to Ryan and say, look, we're rebuilding. We're trying to stockpile draft picks. We'd like to move you, but we're not going to move you unless you want to be moved. Unless you want to be moved. And if you want to be moved, 
where would you like to go? Home to Indianapolis, San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan, Tennessee, Jim Hazlitt, Los Angeles Rams, Joe Barry, Sean McVay, guys that he's familiar with, guys that have coached him, guys that he's had success with, guys that admire him, guys that he's worked, you know, again, those are a couple of situations right off the top of my head. I'm not saying that those are the only ones that Ryan could potentially be dealt with, but I would let him make that decision. Even if I'm Washington and I want to make that trade and maybe I think I could get a fourth round pick or something like that. And I think that's worth it more than a rotational defensive end. When my defensive ends get regularly banged up and a guy who can kick inside and Oh, by the way, a guy who's got two sacks in those 23 snap uh, snaps played in the last two weeks. And he's got four, four snaps, uh, four sacks rather uh, in uh, what is it, roughly 159 snaps. That's 36% of their team defensive snaps. He's got one sack for every 40 snaps overall played. So in a nutshell, Kerrigan is playing very well considering how many snaps he's playing, his production per snap. Again, last year the numbers were one sack every 117 snaps. This year, they're one snap sack every 40 snaps. That doesn't tell you everything, but it tells you something. And Jack Del Rio was questioned about it and asked about it. We're going to hear from Jack Del Rio in a minute um, about the overall defense. And they were t- basically, they said, look, we want to try and keep him fresh. He's played a lot of football, played a lot of snaps in his NFL career, and he started to break down last year. You know, Ryan Kerrigan is on the wrong side of 30. So the highest that they've played him this year is at Cleveland, 41 snaps, and that was because Chase Young got hurt. That was not the design. And the next week, he played 29 snaps, 51%, again, because... Chase Young was not in that game. But when Chase Young comes back against the Rams, you see the number go to 21% or or 21, 31%. Seven versus the Giants, which, again, granted, is is too low. He needs to play more. But I don't think he needs to play. No, I I don't. It's not that I don't think. I know he doesn't need to play 30-plus snaps a game. I know that. I know that. That's that's why you took Montez Sweat and Chase Young, so that Ryan Kerrigan does not have to do that. What people can't figure out about this, I don't know. Again, seven snaps, a little bit too low. 16 snaps, I'm cool with. That's what he had against Dallas. He had a sack. So if you want to keep Ryan Kerrigan fresh, and if you want to keep him in a Washington uniform, which I do, um, you know, and, and listen, I, I fully realize that I'm not – going to franchise tag him. I'm not going to transition tag him. I'm not going to sign him to a long-term deal. But, I mean, if he wanted to truly stay here next year, and if they want to keep him, there's nothing that can't be said for him signing a one-year, you know, incentive-laden deal. A couple of million dollars base, you can do that. This doesn't have to be the end. Now, somebody suggested to me, uh, I think it was my buddy JR, 
that suggested, hey, trade Kerrigan now, get something for him, and if he truly wants to come back, he can come back in March. Well, that that is true. That you, you could do that. But again, there's no guarantees that you would be doing that. And I would think if you are doing that, you're you're trading him because you've already decided that he is not in your plan for next year. Reasonable minds can disagree. It's not a bad idea. It's just that's the way I interpret that. So to me, I would keep him and either, you know, I don't think you would get, I mean, he could be part of the draft pick compensation package ultimately if you choose to let him go. But again, Ryan Kerrigan is different to me than a guy like Ryan Anderson or even quite honestly, you know, if 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 you want to spin it this way, and I don't think they're going to trade him either, Brandon Sheriff or, you know, certainly guys that just got here this year and are on one-year deals, i.e. Ronald Darby. Uh, again, I don't think they're trading Ronald Darby either, but, you, you know, like there's a different sense of loyalty, and there should be, to Ryan Kerrigan from this organization. Now, that doesn't mean Ron Rivera has that certain amount of loyalty because Ron Rivera just got here. But I think Ron Rivera is a smart guy and he understands, look, Ryan Kerrigan productive for the amount of snaps that we're giving him, isn't complaining, isn't saying, whoa, what is me, is working hard, understands what we're doing, understands we're trying to help him, good leader. Um, you know, Thomas Davis isn't even playing, so he, 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 it's harder to lead in that respect. Landon Collins is not playing. Ryan Kerrigan is playing. He's a leader. So to me, I'd be very, very, very surprised. And I'd be disappointed, ultimately, now that Ryan has, you know, returned back to Ryan Kerrigan. Now, maybe if you asked me this two weeks ago, I would have said something different because the production was great week one and then was non-existent, basically, um, after that. Which, coincidentally, if you look at the games that he's produced in, Washington has been pretty good, pretty damn good defensively in the three games that he's produced sacks in. The Eagles, at the Giants, Dallas, all in the division. All right, that's um, that's that situation. Again, we'll have more on the trade deadline as we draw closer. Uh, I think it's uh, next Tuesday, um, I believe is the day. Uh, maybe it's Wednesday. I can't remember at this point. A uh, lot going on next week. <laughs> Safe to say, a lot going on. Uh, next week, both here in Washington and around the country. Um, but that is, yeah, that is a lot going on uh, next week. All right. So when we return, we'll hear from Jack Del Rio, and then we'll finish it up with some quick defensive numbers on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Good to have you with us. All right, guys, once again, it is Chris Russell with you for our friends at Pepsi. That's right, Pepsi, because you know that thanks to your lack of natural athleticism and commitment, or commitment, depending on how you want to put it, or overbearing sports parents and overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of 1% of 1%, I added a couple of 1% in there, people will ever play professional football, but instead of entering the NFL, They've joined another league. That's right. It's the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. And again, I'm going to watch from 
my office, my chair, my couch, and I'm going to eat good tasting food in the comfort of my own home and drink lots of Diet Pepsi because Pepsi is the refreshment I need to power through any game day and it's the refreshment you need. It's not made for those who play the game. Pepsi is made for those who watch it, which means you and me. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. All right, so here's what I'm going to do after I have my Pepsi and my Diet Pepsi and my wings and all the bad stuff that I want to eat this weekend. When I get back on the horse on Monday, I'm going to start my day and a new week with a built go. What is a Built Go? Well, good thing you asked. Built Go from the makers of Built Bar is a one and a half ounce package that's easy to put in your briefcase, your backpack, uh, your workout bag, whatever it might be. And it is a great tasting, low calorie, high energy, five hours of energy, no crash supplement that you just suck in right through the pouch. One and a half ounces, three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. It's got something called collagen protein. It's a fast-absorbing substance that gets into your system fast. It's easy on the stomach. It gives you that energy, lots of B vitamins, all of that stuff, and a kick of caffeine. Visit BuiltGo.com, BuiltGo.com, and use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order, guys. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com, and let's go. All right, back on the Locked On Washington football team podcast, let's hear from defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio. Hey, Jack. Uh, A couple weeks ago, you and Ron both spoke to wanting to see more out of your linebacker group. Was what... Cole Holcomb did yesterday sort of the realization of that and and how would you evaluate his performance? Yeah, I thought Cole was outstanding yesterday. Uh, impactful in the game. You know, he had had the big sack. Uh, he had a big interception when they were in the red zone. Uh, flew around all day. Showed up on special teams. I mean, he he played he played well throughout the day. So it was a good performance. I'd like to see more of it. It looked like in training camp, maybe he wasn't working as much with the ones. Was there something you needed to see from him in order to trust him on the field more? No, he had a, a great camp early and then kind of tailed off at the end and then and then got injured in the opener. So uh, we, we, we think he's going to be a good player for us. He's one of many young people that we think we're developing and uh, and that he has a bright future and we're just going to continue to work with him and and continue to work as a group. Uh, to improve and and do things right and do things well. Jack, how do you go about compensating for a player like Landon who, you know, obviously does what he does on the field, but is also a a veteran leader and a a core piece of the secondary? Yeah, it's always tough when you lose a good football player. Um, You know, he's a tough guy, voted a team captain uh, by his peers and, um, and so obviously anytime that happens, it's, you know, it, it's something you have to work to overcome, but uh, you know, we're going to, we're just going to ask him to heal up and stay positive And um, you know, we're going to carry on. We'll, we'll, we'll move on and continue to expect to play well. And with Ron, I mean, what has that been like for you just watching what he's dealt with? I, I know today was his last day of treatment, um, but for the other coaches in the building for you, what has it been like for you just to see him go through that? Well, I think we all admire his, his toughness, you know, um, 
you know, he's obviously in a, in a big battle, a personal battle. And, you know, we all feel for him. We, we pray for him a lot. Um, you know, we, we seek to you know, kind of carry on. He's laid out a great blueprint for us all to follow. And, and so, um, you know, I'll step in and do my part to help him, you know, rest assured that he can take care of himself and that we're going to carry on the, the business here, you know, while he's taking care of himself. So, but, but his toughness and his, you know, uh, determination, uh, it, it really stands out. Thanks, Jack. Um, with Chase Young, it looks like, and obviously you know better, but it looks like he's getting a lot of doubles, a lot of chips. How has he been handling those? And is it as much as it seems to be, or is that a little bit of an overstatement? No, I think Chase is playing great. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's not getting the numbers necessarily right now that uh, would represent the impact he's having on the game. I think he's playing very well for us. He's forceful on, on his, uh, on his side of the ball. Um, you know, he's, he's run multiple games where, you know, the beneficiary is Jonathan Allen and, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the unselfishness, you know, for him to, to do some things game wise to free up his teammate, you know, things like that. So I, I think he's impactful in the run game. I think he's uh, I think he's a really good football player. So I just want him to continue to do what he does. And then have you been able to talk to Landon? We talk, we only talk via text. So just, uh, he got, he got out of there last night before I could get to him and, uh, just sent him a text, encouraged him, you know, keep his head up, keep his spirits high and, and, um, heal up. And, uh, obviously that we'd miss him. So, but, um, yeah, I just, you know, love and respect to him, you know, uh, heal up and, uh, and we're going to carry on. With Ryan Kerrigan, he's been really productive in a limited role, like even more so than maybe when he filled in for Chase Young and just in terms of numbers. What have you seen from him that allows him to be so productive in that small role? And have you ever seen a guy like that that really takes advantage of the reps, even though they're not that many? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that works well for him. I think he's he's fresher when he's, um, you know, when he's able to go in in small doses and and do what he does well. You know, he's our sack leader, all-time sack leader here in this organization, and and he knows how to rush the quarterback. So, uh, he he does a great job taking advantage of of his opportunities, and and um, and and we love making sure that he gets his opportunities. So, you know, it's not about it's not about how many snaps you take. It's what do you do with those snaps that you take. And I think he's, you know, I I, I always talk about what a pro he is because of the way he prepares and the way he can way he conducts himself and the teammate he is and all those types of things because it's it's an example of what you want. Right. Yeah. How does that help you guys kind of instill that culture that you, you want to bring out? What does it do to have a guy like that around? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, I don't know that you can put a value on it. It's it's ex exceptionally important. I think, it, you know, the impact for young guys like like Chase Young and, and Montez Sweat to be able to see those guys, you know, those guys be able to see his his example to me. I, th I think it's uh, it's just it's so valuable. I, it's hard to put words to it. Hey, Jack, kind of building on that last question, I, it almost feels like, I realize it's a small sample, that something kind of happened in the middle of that Giants game in the second half of that Giants game, that maybe something clicked or whatever, that, that this defense has played very, very well since then. I don't know. It's a small group, but is, is there kind of a little bit of a, you know, sense that something happened there? Well, I think, I think you're missing the point about um, it's showing up in games, but it's been happening in practice. 
our preparation has been outstanding. You know, the last three weeks or so, um, they feel it. The players feel it. Uh, we're, we're building confidence because of the way we're working at it. And so, you know, to me, when a group of men comes in every day with great energy and, and great focus and a desire to improve and go out and put in the work, I think, I think they should expect to improve and we are improving. So as, as a football team, that's something we are doing. We're practicing well. And, and then now it's beginning to carry over into the game and, and we're playing better. Is there a reason that those practices suddenly got better or is that just the timing of, you know, this is where you are with this group or it's just, it's just, you look, we're, we're going to have high expectations. It's at some point we're going to reach some of those expectations. And, 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 and that's, you know, that's where we are. We've set the bar high coach coach has set the bar high. I've set the bar high on defense, uh, you know, and, and that's just how it is. And we're going to, we're going to grow to it. It's just a matter of when. So I, I think our guys are, are beginning to gain some confidence in, and, and trusting each other and trusting the preparation and, and we've had good energy and good, you know, good practices. And that, that typically leads to good performances on game day. Mike Phillips, last one. Uh, John Bostick's hit on, uh, on Dalton yesterday. Did you have a chance to, to talk to him, just get his rationale for what, what went down there? No, I, when I talked to him, I said, I, I thought that was, that was a dumb penalty. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, to me, you know, you 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 know the quarterbacks are protected. You can't hit them in high anytime. You can't hit them in the head area anytime. And um, I, yeah, I just I didn't think that was smart on his part. You know, um, I was a little frustrated that we gave up a conversion right there, a third down, and that they got to continue the drive. And what was something we had we had them down, just touch them down and move on. But he thought the guy didn't slide soon enough. That was his. That's what he said to me. Um, there bang bang plays that happen like that. I. You know, I, I think, you know, I think we have to be better there. Um, so, you know, um, anyway, we, we move on. But there was no malicious intent um, or any of that kind of thing from from John. John's a John's a good human being and a good player for us. And, um, you know, it was just one of those deals. He he hit him where you can't hit him and he got flagged accordingly. All right, once again, that is defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio. Thanks to WashingtonFootball.com. We'll put the icing on the cake next right here on the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back here on the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast, we wrap it up with a couple of quick defensive stats here at the break before we get back to work next week. Not that we haven't still stayed at work. We're always working. Um, Whew. Man, it's been a long, long stretch. Looking forward to this weekend, I can tell you that much. Um, Yards per game. The Washington defense only allowing 309.1. That's well below the league average. The league average, 364.3. They are below the league average in every defensive statistical category with the exception of rushing yards allowed per game, in which... They've allowed 123.3, and the NFL average is 118.4. 
So that's a difference of almost five yards. A kickoff return average, they are way higher than the league average as well, but that's on the special teams, not on the defense. Even third downs, as bad as they were at times on third and longs, they are a couple of percentage points, two and a half percentage points below the league average. Uh, And points per game, 23.6, that is 1.8 below the league average. And Jack Del Rio's passing yards per game, passing yards allowed per game, uh, defense 185.9, even with the big plays allowed earlier in the year. Remember Ronald Darby got beat on a bunch of them? 185.9, that's number one in the NFL. All right, that's going to do it for us right here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Have a great bye weekend. Enjoy the football. Drink your Pepsi and get your built bars and your built go, baby, because we are coming back next week when the Washington football team returns to work for the New York Giants. Adios. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.